Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Kristen, and today we are honored to hear from Pastor Brittany Jones as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, they will be discussing mental health, the value of leaders checking in with their mental health, and how to support others who are going through mental health challenges. Brittany will also share about the importance of church leaders addressing this topic and give helpful tips for how to do so. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Well, welcome, Brittany, to this super quick, last minute, exciting podcast that we decided to do. We're here at Thrive. Yeah, this is awesome. This is the best. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. We are so glad to have you overall in Thrive, but just to be here with us and sharing just a little bit more in our podcast. Super, super honored. This is going to be fun. Well, I feel like I know little about you and I'm super excited to learn about you more, but why don't you just share a little bit about who you are for everybody that has not had the chance to meet (laughs) you yet. And we'll go from there. Yeah, that is a loaded question. Who am I? (laughs) Who are Uh, you, right? (laughs) There's so many facets of who I am, but I'll give you the basics. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm Mm -hmm. a pastor. um, And I have the incredible privilege to just get to share my heart regarding mental health um, in many different capacities. I have some wonderful family at home that just cheers me on. And so we've been pastors in Richmond, Virginia for about four years now. We planted our church. It's been a phenomenal, crazy, wild, all of the things. It's been a journey, yeah. <laughs> but it's been cool. Um, and so, yeah, my, my kids are 11 and seven years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, parenting goes up and down. My 11-year-old is in sixth grade and I'm learning how to be a parent all over again in some <laughs> senses. So, so, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> but that's that's the essence mm-hmm. of who I am, really. Um, and I just get, get the awesome opportunity to share my heart about mental health. I really think the church has an incredible privilege right now to talk about it in a way that we haven't in a long time. Yeah. So. Oh, say more yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, like we are in a season right now that I think we've never in in my history that we've never been in. So COVID-19 hit and all of a sudden everyone was isolated all at once. Mm-hmm. And so never have we all felt the same sense of isolation at, in the world together. So we started talking about therapy a lot more. How do we mm-hmm. how do we fix this? How do we process this? And so it became a little more normal. The stigma around therapy wasn't so prevalent. It's still very much there, but it's not so awkward for people to talk about. And so I know a lot of people often talk about how the church is behind when it comes to mental health. The church, we talk really bad about what the church hasn't done. But for me, I just feel like it's a cool opportunity to talk about, man, what can God do with the resources that we have as the body of Christ? Mm. How can we offer those resources to people in our community? And so for us as our church, we're a newer church plant. Like I said, we've been a church for four years, but we knew that, um, you know, people struggle with mental health. I get to share my story often in our church, so they know who I am. Um, but we wanted to offer therapy to our people. So we pay for it in our church wow. for anybody in our church that comes to us and say, Hey, they want counseling. We make an effort to pay for it and put it in our church budget. It's a priority to that's us. Amazing. And so I, when I say the church has such a unique opportunity right now, that's what I mean. Like it's incredible that we get to talk about something that has been so taboo and so stigmatized for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I I completely agree with you. I feel like the place 
where people should be going for mental health is the church. Yeah. The church is that hospital. We need it, to be ahead. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that is absolutely amazing yeah. that you guys do that. I'm a huge advocate for counseling. I'm like, even if you don't think you have an issue, go to Just counseling. Go. Okay. <laughs> I, it's almost for me like a secret keeper sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, like as a pastor, I don't get to just tell all the things yeah. to all the people. Uh, but I know when I go to therapy, she can't tell anybody else my business. Mm-hmm. Like I get to tell her all of my secrets and she could tell no one else. But then she gets to check me and help me walk through and process. And so um, many years ago, I found out that I had bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and it was something that I didn't talk about initially because I didn't know how the church that we were attending at that time will receive me mm-hmm. um, as a leader. I honestly disqualified myself from ministry. I thought, mm-hmm. man, I, I'm not going to be usable. God can't use somebody like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had some mentors that encouraged me to go and seek therapy because I was on a roller coaster. Um, and if anybody knows about bipolar disorder, I think there's a lot of people that find out about bipolar disorder on TV and they see like, you know, different things on television shows. It's really nothing like that. It really, uh, it really is highs and lows, but it comes in waves. It's not just like that every single day for me. There are days where I can't get out of my bed and I I want to, everything within me wants to, and I can't. And then there are days where I can stay up for four days straight cleaning my house Mm -hmm. and I can't put myself to fall asleep. And so um, it's a lot of highs and lows. And I just really didn't know how to manage it. So I had some people really encourage me to seek therapy. And it's one of the best things I ever done in my life, Mm -hmm. because it taught me some tools that were helpful to walk this journey out. And then I was able to be a voice for people that thought maybe, maybe I'm not usable. You know, there's people in churches all over who are in ministry who feel like they got to keep their thing a secret, their struggles a secret. The moment I told our church that I had bipolar disorder, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was December of the year we launched. So we launched Mm -hmm. in September. I told our church in December, I was speaking on hope and I felt very much like I needed to open up about this so our church understood my journey and where I was. And it was like the floodgates open Mm. and God began to open it up for other people to say, hey, me too, and I'm struggling. What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? And so that kind of opened it up for us to say, Therapy is key to mm-hmm. helping process this, but also God is a healer yeah. and he can heal you and he can free you. And there's so many different elements of that that people miss. Um, and so it's it's really been great for us. Uh, me being honest about my own journey, it's helped us to really help our church. I mean, I love everything you just said. And I think one of the biggest thing that sticks out is is that step forward in the vulnerability. Right. Because we all feel like we're really alone in what we're going through. Right. And it's like if we had everything just plastered on the front of us, people are like, hey, yeah, me too. I yeah, deal with that yeah, too. Absolutely. So what is the importance of specifically leaders stepping out and sharing like, hey, this is what I got going on? Yeah, I think for me, like it's impossible for me to get on a stage and tell people all the things they need to do to get healed, all the things they need to do to get help if I'm not actively pursuing that out loud in Mm, front of people. mm -hmm. I can talk it all day. And I think we've seen that over time, people telling us, I mean, my mom used to say uh, growing up, you know, do what I do, do what I say and not what I do. <laughs> yeah, we've all basically, heard that, right? You know, right? Like, <laughs> so basically you telling me I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, but just do what I'm telling you to do. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to be that type of leader mm-hmm. that says, hey, do what I say, 
not what I do. I want you to follow me. I want you to watch what I'm doing because I'm I'm the type of leader that I want to be able to lead by example. I want to be able to, hey, I'm going to therapy and I know it's hard and I know it's somewhat awkward and making that phone call is somewhat difficult. But when you take that first step, it leads and it opens up so much for healing and health. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I'm a better parent because I go to therapy because my kids watch me suffer for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Now they get to watch me walk out healing mm-hmm. in front of them and they get to hear me talk this and I get to talk big feelings with them. So they get to tell me, mommy, I'm not having a good day or mommy, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling sad today. And so it's not such an awkward conversation in our household because feelings are talked about all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think as a leader, I just, I never want to be the type of person that tells people do this and do that if I'm not modeling it to them myself. Yeah. Why is it important that leaders are seeking help? You know, why do we need to make that a priority? Because we all struggle. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know that that sounds like real simple, but but in, we're all human. Yeah. Like we all have struggles. And I don't think God just I mean, I was I was talking earlier today about how we sometimes lead people and forget that we have the same access to Jesus that we, mm. we offer to other people. And mm. so I know that I need Jesus just as much as I'm telling the people in my congregation they need Jesus. Yeah. And so if I'm a leader that's like, hey, you know what, I, I'm telling you it's important because I've desperately had to seek after him for myself. Mm. I want to show you that. I want to show you what it looks like. And I'm going to model what health actually looks like because then I want to show you how obtainable it is for you. Mm, Yeah. What has your relationship looked like with God in this process? Really, really up and down (laughs) some days. Um, You know what? It's precious because I know how near he is. Mm -hmm. And I've probably never in my life experienced the nearness of God like I have in the season of walking out this diagnosis with bipolar Mm -hmm. because I could have been a victim. I could have been a victim to my situation in this diagnosis. But instead, I much like I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but the woman with the issue of blood, she was she did something very risky. And the risky thing she did was she went out into this crowd that she had no business getting out into because she really was not supposed to be in that situation. And she went out and she stuck her hand out because in her mind, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. I want to be so close and so desperate for Jesus that the idea of this diagnosis is far behind me. And it's Mm. not that it's not realistic. And it's not that I'm not going to go to therapy, take my medicine, do all the things I can physically do. But I want to make sure that my desperation is, is very much real. And so, I mean, I really have not this has been one of the the most precious seasons of my life, even though it's been hard at times yeah. because you're wrestling like, man, God, why, why am I facing this? You know, but I know God is always I mean, there's been I've experienced trauma my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so I am here. I am a product of God extending his hand out to me mm-hmm. and, and showing his grace and proving who he is to mm-hmm. me. So. You know, it's so it's so funny because I think that's so cliche when we hear it. Like sometimes in our like lowest moments is when we experience God the most. Yeah. But wow, is that real? It's so real. But I mean, when you're there, you'll know what it's like. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously I'm not speaking that over anybody, but everybody knows what it's like to have low moments. You mm-hmm. know, we've all experienced moments that are really, really painful. And so I think in those spaces where God has shown himself to be so available to me, but it took almost like the desperation. I had to be like so desperate and not seek out help from a bunch of things, but like cry out to God. I need you, God. Like mm-hmm. I really need you. Mm-hmm. And so that's the space I'm in. And honestly, it's been it's been amazing just to see how much he's even developed me as a person. Like I've needed you and you've been right there and he still is. And I'm still growing. And he's obviously stuck by me this whole time. So. <laughs> We're still here. We're right? still rocking it together. <laughs> now, I'd love if you could share a little bit about 
it's kind of a weird perspective, but like your journey going through this and you've shared, like you've been really open with people and the response, even from like your kids and your, and just all these people that are close in your life, you know, how do you openly walk through mental health with them? If that makes sense to be able to be experiencing what you're going through and communicating that with them, not putting so much on them that they can't take it because sometimes that's really hard when you're walking with someone who's going through mental health and to be like, Oh, you know, they they unload and maybe it's too much, but you want to help them a bit. Yeah. 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 Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. You are. So I have, you know, obviously I have my two girls and my husband at home, so they watch it. They see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are days where my girls just know without saying, you know, if mommy's in bed, they just kind of know that today's just a hard day, mm-hmm. but they don't let me stay there. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I have told my husband early on this diagnosis, because I just didn't really know what it was going to look like. Um, there's some days it's so rapid that I'm like, I'm feeling this way one moment. I'm feeling this way another. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where I am on for a week and then I'm down and then I'm up. So it's just so random sometimes. And so I told my husband, I just need you to be consistent. The moment you change when I change, it's I, I can't sort out all of those feelings. Mm-hmm. And so my girls don't don't let up. You know, they're <laughs> kids too, so you know, they're not gonna let up anyway. But <laughs> they come in the room if they know mommy's having a rough day, mm-hmm. they'll let me kind of lay there a little bit, but then they're like, All right, it's time to get up, it's time to go to sky zone, it's time to do all the things that we want to do. I know you're having a rough day, but um, let's do and so I have to push myself to get past what I'm feeling internally, what I'm feeling mentally, and get out of my bed and do all the things as Mm -hmm. a mom that Mm -hmm. I've been called to do or the things as a wife I've been called to do. Mm -hmm. Now, people are going to, because you can't stuff it for too long, you know? And so people are going to watch it. You know, people at my church, because they know I have bipolar, um, they're not always looking at me like, hey, are you good today? Like, it's Mm -hmm. never that type of Mm -hmm. vibe. It's really, there's a handful of people that know when I'm struggling because I'm very good about texting, hey, today's not a good day. I need you to be praying for me. I'm kind of down right now. And and then other than that, I know how to pick up and keep it moving. I will lead worship and and praise my way through and then go home and take a nap because I know what I need. Mm -hmm. Now, Early on, I didn't know what I needed. And so I would crash. Now I know sometimes, Brittany, you got to just push through. Mm-hmm. You got to get up. You got to do all the things that's necessary for you to do. And then when you get home, you get to just lay. And my husband knows, hey, after church, if I'm having a rough day, give me like an hour. I'm going to take a nap and then I'm going to tap back in and be a mom and be a wife. And then I'm going to go to bed early because mm-hmm. if I don't get the rest that I need, I'm worse the next day. Yeah. And so the people around me just know what I need. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's no way for me to really stuff this thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. People know that I have bipolar disorder. And if I, the more I try to stuff and pretend like it doesn't exist, the harder it is on me. So I just need to like walk it through, process it, feel the feelings, but also not spill all over people. I know how to like hold it together. I don't come in and be like, oh, I'm so depressed. Like I'm feeling all the feelings. No, like I know how to just keep it together. And then when I need a process, I have my people. Mm-hmm. I have the people mm-hmm. that I can text or call, you know, I do events like this all the time. And when I do events like this, I set myself up for success because vulnerability sometimes can be tough, right? So I have these conversations. I can guarantee you tomorrow, I'm going to text my therapist. Hey, Mm -hmm. this went 
great or I feel whatever because I have the access to say, these are the feelings I'm feeling after I get off of a stage. Mm -hmm. This is what I feel after I've been vulnerable for a period of time. I've been around a lot of people for a long time. This is what I'm feeling. So if I don't set myself up for success, I will go home depleted and my family doesn't deserve a depleted mm -hmm. me because I'm giving so much right now. So mm -hmm. I just make sure I, I, I set myself up for a win um, and they all know. So it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it's so much self like reflection and it discovery. Is. It is. And it's hard. And I say it all this fluidly, but this is many years of not knowing what to do. Mm. Now I've learned myself and it's going to look different for every person, but I've learned myself enough to know what I personally need. Yeah. Somebody suffering with anxiety, depression or whatever it may be, they're going to have to learn what they need. But what I need is some people around me that know me, I can trust well. And then my therapist on speed dial when I get off stage and I need my husband at home praying for me. And so I know the things I need and the pieces that are going to work for me. And then also just a lot of grace because sometimes yeah. you just, I, I, don't, I can't fix it. I can't answer questions. I can't, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. That's so good. And so what would you say to the people who are listening who maybe themselves, they're like, I feel good. I, I haven't struggled in the past with any mental health, but someone I'm close with is walking through it. Yeah. And I think after the year that we've just had, you know, a lot of people are walking through it right. and yeah. seeing it. And I've had a lot of conversations just with my friends who their their spouse or a, another close friend is going through anxiety and depression. They're like, I don't know what to do. I don't yeah. know how to support them. What would be encouragement that you would have for them? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing is to be a listening ear. Mm -hmm. Some Sometimes people aren't coming to you for answers. Mm -hmm. They're not coming to you to fix it. If I came to you and I, I said, hey, I'm struggling with something. I'm not asking you to fix my problem. I'm asking you just to listen to me and just mm -hmm. be an ear and sometimes just make space for me. Oftentimes we get into fix it mode and we say things that we don't know are necessary to say. Yeah. You don't have to say anything. I just need you to make space, like mm -hmm. make room, give me a few minutes. And then sometimes it usually it doesn't fizzle out, but it gives me enough time to process in a safe space. And so if you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, just be an ear for somebody. Just lean in, let them vent, let them cry, let them just feel the feelings they need to. Don't dismiss their feelings. Don't tell them that their feelings aren't valid. You really don't have to say much. Um, I'm reading a book right now, probably for the fifth time. I love this book so much. Um, Try Softer by Andy Kolber. And it's mm. teaching me so much. I know a lot about myself. I'm pretty introspective. However, I, I spend a lot of time with other people, especially in church settings. And so I want to know how to not only try softer with myself, but how do I deal with people who have been through experiences that I haven't been mm. through? And so it helps me to just kind of know how do I, you know, people have certain attachment styles. People have certain mm -hmm. styles when it comes to just feelings. And also this book has been really helpful for me helping other people with that very thing. Like mm -hmm. I don't have to say all the things. I know a lot because I've been in many years of therapy. So I know all the lingo. However, sometimes I just need to be quiet and just listen mm -hmm. and just be there for them. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage that first and then get some resources for yourself to help you to know how to have a conversation because the struggle may be bigger than you. And mm -hmm. so maybe you need to learn how to have the conversation with them about getting further help. And if you don't know how to do that, you need to learn how to get those type of conversations going. So, yeah. yeah. I think a really good piece that you said, too, is like 
learning about other people's like attachment styles. I love attachment styles. Oh my gosh. No, you do. I teach attachment <laughs> styles. I could talk about them all day. But learning other people's love languages, learning yeah. their, um, if you're like in Enneagrams, just any right. of those things, because sometimes they're not just like those hokey things right, like right. personality tests, but you really are getting a glimpse into how they operate. Right. And I did that with my husband. We did our attachment style quiz and figured it out. And it's like, wow. Yeah. I literally learned so much about how you trust, right. how you feel in relationships. And it really doesn't hurt you to learn those things. No. I think sometimes people think that it it's going to cost you. It doesn't cost me anything to learn something further to love people well. Mm, that's good. It costs me nothing. That's really good. But what it will cost me if I don't learn it is that you walk away feeling dismissed. Mm. You walk away feeling like somebody didn't listen to you. So I try to learn all I can, not so I can have this big brain and know all the things, but I just really want to love people well. Mm. And I can't say that I know everything because I'm experiencing painful experiences myself. Like I want to love you in the space that you're in. Mm -hmm. And so if I can learn some new tactics, some new tricks, some new language. I want to do that because maybe you're in a tight spot that I'm unaware of and I want to know how to help you with it. Yeah, so. I think it was Carlos Whitaker who was on a podcast and he said, in every area of my life, I'm trying to be surrounded by people who think differently than me. Yeah. So, cause that's how you learn. Yeah. That's absolutely. how you understand from their perspective of what they could be going through. Absolutely. Oh yes. So good. What do you, what would you say just to churches right now that are like, okay, maybe we didn't talk a lot about mental health. And after this last year, we have to start talking about it. Right. Just what is your encouragement to them as they're navigating this new season possibly? I would say, especially because we are, our pastors. And I talk to my husband about this often. One, um, have some grace for yourself because we're all figuring it out. Mm -hmm. and, you know, like you, you're not getting it wrong. You're only getting it wrong if you decide to just push it to the side. Yeah. You know, you don't attempt to go there. Um, and I would personally just start having a conversation. You know, we did a series and we're doing a series coming up in the next couple months um, about Jesus and therapy. And we just recently got off of the series um, about it's okay not to be okay. And really like, Part of that is to get the conversation going with our people. Like we know what you're going through and it's not all just deeply rooted spiritual things. Sometimes it's outside of that. Um, and all of those things are a little bit attached, but I think starting a conversation, maybe doing a series, um, Henry Cloud does uh, Churches That Heal and that's surrounded by mental health too. And so there's resources out there that pastors that may have never touched this conversation, may be uncomfortable to touch this conversation. There are resources out there that you can grab a hold of that will help you to just kind of figure out, is this something that I even want to talk about? Maybe you'll pull somebody in. You know, I did a, I did a Bible study, um, or around mental health a little bit at our church and I pulled in one of my personal therapists to come in and have a conversation. I'm not, I mean, that's awkward for some people, but for me, I trust you. So mm -hmm. I trust you to talk to my people. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled her in to come and have a conversation with our people. And, and honestly, it was just really good to just give our people access to something that's real gym. And so maybe you've never had this conversation before. Maybe it's a very uncomfortable space for you to talk about. But before you ever have the conversation with people, I would just pray and ask God, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me a compassionate heart towards this and open my heart to understand where I need to to get some gain, some understanding, um, because I think if we start there, 
you're starting with a willingness and an open heart that God can change your heart around this conversation. And then you're opening your heart to the possibility that maybe you aren't the one that has to talk about it. Mm. Maybe there's some other people that you can pull in to talk about it. And so my husband is not a counselor at all. He'll tell you all day long. (laughs) And so he's willing to have other people surround him to talk about this because he's just not he's just not that guy. Um, And so maybe it's not you. But maybe God will open up your heart to pull some other people in to help you. Wow. Yeah. That was so good. Wow. I feel like this will be so encouraging just for people who are listening, whether that they themselves have been struggling and just needed that extra push to get help and to take off that stigma of therapy because it's amazing. It's good. But also to to ministers and churches who are trying to navigate this and to do it well and to serve the people that they love and care about. How can people find you? How can they connect? You can find me on IG at Brittany Cherise, B-R-I-T-T. A-N-Y-C-H-A-R-I-S-E. Or you can find me on Facebook, Brittany Sharice Jones. Um, yeah, I love to, to connect with people. It's really fun. And I was just talking about my Instagram experience. You'll find some stuff. <laughs> I mean, I have some cute kids. You'll see some pictures of them too. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking about this. No, thank you. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Being at Thrive. I can't wait to hear you. Excited. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from Pastor Brittany Jones and McKelty Bloom on mental health in leadership and how to support others as leaders. See more from Brittany on Instagram at Brittany Charisse. Also, check out mnbtg.org to stay up to date on more from Bridging the Gap. We look forward to being with you next time on E to the Power of Three.